You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Okay, what's the number one reason you should try Instacart? Shopping over 1.5 million unique products from over 1,000 retailers and get everything delivered right to your door in as fast as one hour, all in one app. So you can spend more time with the ones who matter most. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. This is the This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm going to start off this week's show with some uh, breaking news. I uh, feel better. That's fantastic news. (laughs) Incredible news. Oh, my. What a fucking rough fucking week I just went through. I'm sitting and listening to the show last week as I'm editing because, you know, friend of the show and and editor extraordinaire Carl Pinnell has moved his family across the country. So we're waiting for him to come back and join us. So I figured I'd use my editing skills and I'm listening to it and I'm like, what the hell's the matter with the audio? And I was like, oh, wait. We both sound like we were just gargling rocks. So yeah, yeah, shit, man. Hey, hey, Carl, isn't the country supposed to have an O in it? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're feeling better. I am quagmire. getting there. I'm getting oh, out you, of sir. the woods. Out of the woods. You sound better. You don't have your very very white voice on today. Very white. So. And shout out to the pod squad again for joining us here today as we record. Meaning it has been a busy week since the last time we were together. WrestleMania 38 happened and holy Santa Claus shit. What a show. (laughs) We're going to dive into that pretty deep today. We're also going to talk about, uh, you know, whatever else is on the mind of the blue meanie. But nothing else major happened, man. Nothing that I can can think of. food, but yeah. Uh, mainly food on the mind of the meanie, but um, <laughs> no, no, mania was good. Two nights, um, probably one of the better me- uh, manias. Uh, yeah, I-, I watched both nights. Uh, watched the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, Hall of Fame got to me, man. It was it was really nice. Um, and then uh, you know, uh, next day they had the uh, NXT special stand deliver, and then um. Shout out to my boy AJ Galante from uh, the Danbury Trashers and the, the I forget the name of the uh, the Netflix documentary they did on him, but uh, he's a fucking character. <laughs> he uh, he he made a cameo on uh, an 
NXT uh, stand deliver, and then two nights of Mania. How? I mean, I was. I mean, when it's Mania weekend, it's it's wrestling packed because of all the different promotions. But yeah. uh, um, since I have only access to WWE content, uh, I'm I was WWE heavy all the way. I, I'll catch up on the other stuff in the in the coming days or weeks or whatever. But uh. Yeah, man, it, it, WWE definitely hit a home run this weekend or last weekend, so to speak, with uh, you know WrestleMania weekend, Stand and Deliver, and the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was absolutely uh, everything was fantastic um, as far as you know with WrestleMania. There was only a couple of handful of things that I had a, a sufficient gripe with, but um, everything else was really great. Um, something crazy though during the Seth Rollins match about ten thirty the other night. Oh yeah, my wife had a baby. Ah, on Saturday, Saturday, yeah. April 2nd, WrestleMania Saturday. My wife uh, gave birth to our daughter, Audrey. She's officially here, 1022. Uh, she was giving birth as Cody Rhodes was walking out, so the two of us were monitoring. So as, Co- as Cody was coming up the uh, entrance hole, yes. your baby was coming, coming out the out. birth canal. Correct. That's correct. My brother Did you hit his music? My, what's that? Did you hit the, his music as the baby? Was? I should have, yeah. Hit the music, we had it paused. na 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 Adrenaline in my soul. I'm trying to find the text for my brother. Uh, when he, my brother Matt was actually, we were talking about it as the baby was being born, and um, he was like, uh, he gave me a timestamp as to when the baby came out. Uh, I'm just trying to find the uh, the time. He was like something like when as Cody Rhodes did a backflip onto Seth Rollins. That was when Audrey was born officially. But yeah, she's great, man. Eight pounds even. Uh, she's wonderful. Everybody's healthy. I'm officially on leave from work, which is fantastic. My shoot job yes. uh, offers me a fantastic uh, parental leave package. So I'm excited, man. She's great. Kids are, are doing well. I appreciate it. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has taken time to send me messages and texts and well wishes for the birth of Audrey. We genuinely appreciate it. Uh, and we are very happy to have her here in our home and our family. But, Meanie, WrestleMania. Congratulations. Thanks, now, first man. off, hey, don't just gloss over this. God damn it. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Um, if I, uh, you know, if I'm sorry if I forgot to bring it up, but, you know, we went through this with uh, Real Daddy Josh, so it's kind of like deja vu all over again, <laughs> in the words of uh, Yogi Berra. Uh, yeah, man, congratulations. You're you are a better man than I am. Hey. The fact that you could bring a, a life into this world and be responsible. <laughs> I don't know about responsible. I don't know if I would call myself responsible, but dude, I, uh, dude, I don't even want to pick out fucking socks and underwear every day. I just, uh, do they match? I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> just put some underwear in my ass and get through this fucking day. Are they even clean? I don't know. Yeah. Are they walking? Uh, <laughs> dude. Sometimes I sometimes I just whistle. And my underwear walks over to me, and I just step into them. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I totally understand, dude. Yeah. My jeans are over here drying because I had to wash them for the first time in a couple of weeks. They're like Sometimes literally I... hanging here, and they were fucking walking off my body from the other day. I was like, this is nasty. I got to wash these. Sometimes I just peel them off with a tea kettle. <laughs> just <laughs> like, I, like, I'm reading a, like I'm reading a neighbor's mail, you know? Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's amazing no thank god you god bless man thank you man. I'm, I'm not religious i'm not religious but god bless man i appreciate uh, that maybe. thank you yeah 
That's we're, awesome. We're doing really well, man. It's um, it's exciting, man. It's it's different because it's like we really thought we were out of this phase. You know, we thought we were we were done with with babies, and it's a different thing once the kids are older because like you sort of forget about all those little like nu- nuanced things. You know, like with the baby yeah. crying in the middle of the night and how much they eat. You know, the newborn diapers and all kinds of like little shit that you forgot about. Yeah. And it's weird going back to that, you know, and it's just like, oh, my God, I forgot about this and I forgot about that. And, you know, but it's also at the same time, like you forget about it, but it's also almost like old hat, you know, because you just literally pick up. You have all these different tools and things. And like I can tell you for sure I am a different dad to Audrey than I than I was to James, my oldest, because I didn't know fuck about shit. When he was born, right? You don't know <laughs> nothing about being a parent when you have your first kid. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And you're up all night and you're stressed out. Now number four is like, all right, let's go. You know, like throw her on my arm. We got her here. Is her neck supported? All right, her head's not bobbing around. No, she's fine. She's good. You know, let me make dinner real fast. But you're a grizzled vet. I am, man. I'm a fucking seasoned vet. Much like you in the wrestling industry, sir. I am a seasoned vet with fatherhood. So. But, but now the older kids get to see what they put you through. Yes. You know what though, dude? The, I gotta tell you. Now man. the new now now the new baby can put them through what the older kids put you through. <laughs> My oldest is Did I do great, that? Man. Yeah, you did that. Oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, my oldest has been great. James has been like a super helpful kid. He's been wants to hold awesome. him, hold her every time he comes home, and you know he's awesome. just he's really crushing it right now. So it's been incredibly helpful. But I will tell you, man, I will. I know we don't get political in the show, but parental leave should absolutely be a fucking thing everywhere in this yeah. country. Um, my my shoot job, I won't say where I work, but my shoot job um, it gave me an incredible uh, package with that. It's six weeks <laughs> off, uh, paid uh, at my salary. Um, yeah. still eligible for all of my, you know, my compensation stuff, you know, that I usually get during the, the, the time I'm there. Um, I also have a shit ton of sick time. So I'm actually off for two months. Um, and it's really, it's really made the difference. Courtney said to me a couple of times, just in the past, you know, couple of days since Audrey's been here is, you know, like, I am so glad that you're home because this has just made the world a difference. So, um, yeah. if I can advocate for anything, Put put the uh, put the mind of the meanie stamp on it. I'd parental leave for everyone. But the only thing the other parent that was not at home with their children the other night was Cody Rhodes. We finally <laughs> got our pop at WrestleMania Vanessa. Yes, I'm liking this comment because her nickname definitely is now Little Cody. But uh, yeah, the the Little American Nightmare. Um, holy shit, man! WrestleMania. I uh, I think it for me in a lot of ways, and I'd love to dive into this, and we'll try to we'll try to go through every match here if we can. We'll touch on as many as we can, but I feel like in a lot of ways, holler if you hear me, Andrew Bailey. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like WWE overpromised and overdelivered. And when I say they overpromised, they didn't fucking say anything about the biggest event, the biggest names. They they like sort of they acknowledge. I mean, obviously, you know, Stone Cold's going to be there, right? But they didn't acknowledge right. anything else as what was going to happen, right? And they didn't even right. mention Cody Rhodes' name. Until he was there and they right. built the story. So I just, I don't know. How do you feel? Let's start with that. Since this is the mind of the media, not mind, mind of the atom. Tell me how you feel. Do you agree with that statement that I made that WWE overpromised and overdelivered at WrestleMania 38? Yeah, they definitely did. Um, the, the funny part is uh, when leading up to uh, WrestleMania, they alluded to Cody with um, the Miz because he was talking about his uh, mystery partner against the Mysterios. There's a, they say uh, 
my my partner they say is uh very dashing <laughs> you know so <laughs> they uh they dangled that carrot for a little bit you know uh but then you know it was uh one of those fucking twin guys i don't know what the fuck what, um that was logan paul uh, is the name you're looking yeah, for yeah 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 i know there's two pauls and uh they're not in the beatles uh there's a uh, <laughs> Um, because there's supposed to be two Pauls. Um, <laughs> two which we call it a, yeah, two Pauls are better than one. Um, writing that down. Yes. Uh, no, they definitely, I, I was, I'm, I have no fault with this WrestleMania whatsoever. There's some WrestleManias you watch, you go, ah, you know, you know, the, you know, before we, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you know, maybe. The uh, Mr. McMahon segment, you know, night two with Pat McAfee could have been shortened. It, well, it could have been shortened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could have been shortened. And uh, I'll get into that in a second. But uh, other than that, yeah, they they over, they they be promised a lot and they, they delivered. Uh, you know, when it comes to the, the Stone Cold thing, you know, they, they said he was going to be there for a, a talk show. And, you know. They kind of let the cat out of the bag, and you know Steve's coming to the ring, and he's got both knee both knee braces on, and uh, he's got wrist tape. Pop, pop! <laughs> I yeah, was like, yeah. "It's happening! It's fucking happening!" You knew it was fucking happening. Oh, You're not going to end the fucking night with a fucking just just a talk show. Well, let's start. Uh, the, let's the start at the show. top. Let's start at the top and work our way down. The Usos uh, defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. I definitely want to touch on this because it sounds like Rick Boogs actually got injured during that spot with the Shame. Usos, which sucks because I wonder if the Usos were dropping the belts. I'm curious if they were going to drop them because it sounded like the way they were building it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, they, they, they probably definitely called an audible there. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, it looked like a, like a planned spot, like a planned worked heat spot, you know, where... You know, they both, you know, Boogs goes to do the other thing, and the other Uso hops on to, you know, to counteract you know, whatever Boogs was going to do. And then, you know, his leg goes out. But then the way he went down and the way he went out, he didn't go to the apron. He went straight to the floor. Right. That, told, right. that was my indication. Oh, man, this is real. All right. This sucks because I like Boogs. He's such a fucking character. He's, he's great. He's you over. Know, uh, yeah. Yeah, him and uh, Nakamura are, seem like the like the two least likeliest people to tag, and but yet it works. You know, you got the guy playing the guitar, and you got you know Nakamura doing the entrance. But um, if they were planning to to win the belts, that's even more disappointing. But uh, you know, Boogs, man, he's a, just a fucking powerhouse, and uh, you hate to see somebody go down like that. In the biggest spotlight of of, of all, you know, yeah. WrestleMania. But uh, that's a, that's like what a eight to twelve month injury to come back from. But yeah. you know, given the fact that he's a uh, physical specimen and uh, takes care of himself, I'm sure he can probably heal up a little bit quicker than the average person. The eight to twelve months is usually for somebody, you know, for me. All right, uh, not uh, the guy who's a uh, you know who can. Uh, you know, hold the vertical suplex and take a knee and then stand back up and do the curly shuffle. You know, um, just, uh, you know, that, it sucks. It sucks, you know, just to 
get injured on on the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, yeah, it was a shame. I uh, best wishes to Rick Boogs, and hopefully he gets uh, he gets better soon. Um, Drew McIntyre match did exactly what I wanted it to do. Um, I feel like that was perfect for someone who's still rec- also recovering from an injury right now. Um, Happy Corbin, according to all reports, is one of the safest guys to work with in the industry. Um, yeah. And I feel like that was exact. I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter. I know we talked about this offline before, too, but a lot of chatter about people shitting on on Happy Corbin. First of all, he's a Westchester dude. So Happy Corbin and I ran in the same circles here in Westchester. I've got nothing but love for Baron Corbin. But also, like, dude can fucking go, man. Like, that match was really solid. That match was really solid and it did exactly what it needed to do. Um, what I, I hate that I, I hate people shitting on the Happy Corbin thing because it, it's a it's a great gimmick. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, even when he was down and out, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, sad Corbin, he he did the job great. Yeah, and he sold it well, and it, you know, just you know, some of the stuff with he, you know, the the stuff, yeah, you, know, you know, I can't come to work because then the taxes and this and that, and just like. <laughs> I got a stain on my shirt because I didn't have a can opener, so I had to beat the can against the wall. And you know, some got on my summer. shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, you know. But uh, you know, it, you know, him and uh, Drew had a hell of a match, yeah. and uh, it w- it was good to see Drew get a a nice win in front of a a crowd. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know he 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 got screwed by you know the pandemic. Well, a lot of people got screwed by the pandemic, but I mean, as far as wrestling, you know, his world title run came with no fans, and then uh, he, you know, you know, tried for the title against Bobby Lashley last year in front of a smaller-ish WrestleMania crowd and and lost. But this year he comes into uh, you know Mania and, and gets a nice convincing win and has a hell of a moment because you know WrestleMania is all about the moment. So just yeah, yeah, just. Just chops the ropes down with his sword. <laughs> Casually does it. Just chops the whole fucking ring in half. Yeah, no big deal. It's fine. I was like, I was like, man, second match. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they got gimmicks under the fucking <laughs> ring, man. Um, yeah. Vanessa actually said here, I'm waiting for Boogs to come out in Freddie Mercury inspired entrance gear. Holy shit. Cannot wait. Book it today. Wrap it up. Let's do it. And that would make the most sense because people compare Nakamura a lot to like a Freddie Mercury type character. Yeah. Now he he's a mixture of Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson, like an entertainer. He he's in that he's at an athlete. He's a he, he can fight strong style. But he's charismatic as all hell, you know. Yeah. So uh him and Boog yeah, you know, him and Boogs work together, you know, well in that sense. So if you know Boogs came out in like a Freddie Mercury if they both came out in like a Freddie Mercury inspired outfit which their outfits you know at mania kind of made me think of the flash which queen did the soundtrack for so yes but uh yeah that's a great call by vanessa all right i'm gonna run some questions by you here since this is mine of the medium we're gonna just uh we're gonna run through this uh your top moment wrestlemania night one what was the match of the night for you oh my god match well moment of the night had to be steve austin yeah um and I think uh, WWE learned its lesson by uh, having that on last because, you know, 
last time there was a kind of like a moment like that was Rock, you know, Austin, you know, with right as far as you know, um, a character from the past coming in and having a match, potentially having the moment of the night. I don't think anybody could have followed that, you know. Not a chance. Do you want? Do you want to go in the ring right after Steve Austin just had a, a beer bash after he? Had his first match in 19 years and had a convincing win over Kevin Owens. And shout out to Kevin Owens for being great. Being, Kevin Owens was the perfect opponent. I know I said in the past, you know, Brock Lesnar's the money match. But, you know, I can understand why Austin wouldn't want to work Brock, you know, especially in his first match back. But Kevin was perfect throughout the whole thing between the promos and keeping it going each and every week. And then, you know... Kevin was great when even when Steven was doing his entrance and you they zoom show him in the ring, he's just yawning, you know, just Yep. You know moment of the night, match of the night, it had to be Steve Austin because again, here's the word again, it over delivered. Yeah. You know, you got you got, you know, Steve doing the uh, the stomping the mud hole spot. And then eventually they, they go brawl out into the crowd and Steve's taking suplexes on the fucking floor. First match in 19 years, he's doing everything. And then they battle up the ramp. and Or Kevin doesn't know how to operate the ATV. And, um, <laughs> but if it was a ski-doo, he would know how to use it because, you know, that's what they use up in Canada. But, uh, um, yeah, and then, like, you know, Steve catches up, drives him up. They battle all over the stage where – and I was saying to myself, please don't go backstage. Please don't go backstage. Yeah. Please, stay, please stay in front of the fans. Because you know that that seventy thousand people, you know, that that's probably what they've been craving, you know. Yeah. So, but you know, they battled back down the ramp, and I think they had one table spot, which was probably I think the only table spot of the night, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, and then you know, the the finish, the beer bash. I'm trying not to mix up his beer bash with the the one from night the next two. night, but yeah. But I, I like to call back. I like to call back with Byron Saxon too. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, the call back to him from uh, what was that? Was the three sixteen day right? Is that when they 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 did all that? Yeah. Where he from accidentally kicked. Yeah. Where he accidentally kicked Byron Saxon right in the dick right <laughs> before the stunner. So I, I knew. I was like, man, I hope Byron's wearing a cup for this one for real. Yeah. I, I know little Jimmy said he was there and he was sort of live tweeting me. Uh, shout out yeah. to hashtag Sorensen level, by the way, uh, who's joined us as well. Um, I, uh, what up, Jim? I know that he was there at the event. He said he was up in nosebleeds, but he's telling us right now. He said the place fucking went ballistic and went. It came unglued. I had another friend of my buddy. Nate was there in as well. He said he's never experienced anything like that. He said he thought the Cody pop was loud. Um, he said the Austin yeah. one was unbelievable like an experience that they'll probably never forget which is just crazy i just there and that's honestly, what mania is about you know honestly i didn't think there was really a miss for me on night one even the logan paul match as many as many like technical issues as i feel like dominic mysterio looks like he has sometimes um i think pairing him and ray with someone like the miz is great because it's sort of they, they're able to come off of that and you can give more you know the technical analysis on that because you're the you're the wrestling guy but um I thought Logan Paul played the part. I thought he was great, like surprisingly great. Um, like not bad bunny great, but did the job. So um, any misses for you from night one? 
Uh, well, well uh, speaking on Logan Paul, I know he's a uh, polarizing character, him and his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely not a fan, but I would be, it'd be stupid of me not to acknowledge how well he did. He looks like he's been doing it 10 years. Yeah. Uh, from, I mean, there's little things he did where I was like, oh man, don't do that. But it's not noticeable to the civilian eye, you know, just, uh, certain things. Not better, but that's done different. Um, well, technically, probably technically, right? Because I'm sure you could probably say the same thing about Bad Bunny as well, right? I'm sure there's like small uh, technical uh, things that you would see that norm, like normal people who aren't trained in that world would be like, oh, wait, instead of foot placement or, you know, the way he landed, something along those lines, right? No, no, like, like, uh, he, I think he tagged out and he was out on the floor. Uh, I would have taken a knee and just like leaned on the count on the, on the ring apron and just like, you know, kind of looked out my side eye instead of just standing there with my hands on the hips watching the match. Right. You know, there, you know, you bump out, you tag out, you fucking take a knee on the floor and gradually work your way back up to the ring apron. You know, instead of standing there like, okay, I'm taking a break from a, a drill, you know. Yeah. Just fucking, you know, put your hand down and you kind of, and this is the only thing you can see on uh, on uh, patreon.com slash. <laughs> you know, you get the hand down and you're kind of looking out your side eye like this, you know, kind of playing dead while, you know, Miz is doing his thing. You know, it's, it's small things like that. But, you know, they didn't really catch it on camera. I I, ca- I caught it because I looked for that shit. But, like I said, he looked better than some of the people who've been doing it for a while. You yeah. know, between athletics, but charisma, facials, and just, you know... Yeah, just the way he would look at the camera and give that cocky smile. You know, just like hey, hey, hey. he was perfect. Well, he um, did the he did the leapfrog. He did the three amigos. He was doing a lot of Eddie Guerrero type of moves, and I was like, oh my god, talk about fucking heat, man! Talk about heat. And shout out to uh, Adam Pierce. I believe he's the one who was coaching him up at you know maybe down at the performance center. Uh, but he had, he had good. He was in good hands, you know, with you know the guys who were training him, you know, to do this match, and the guys who were in the match, you know, no slouches. Uh, but yeah, it was great. It was great. I'm trying to think. If there's any misses that I had that were any other there night? Really? No, there weren't. I mean, honestly, Bianca and Becky, I feel like should have. And this is again me personal preference. We could talk about this sort of explore right. this. Um, personal preference and the way that the story was built i felt that bianca and becky paid more dividends to me than charlotte and ronda i gotta be honest meanie i did not find myself invested in the charlotte and ronda storyline at all i didn't find it interesting i didn't find anything about it um worthwhile i guess is the best way to put it and it's not to say anything about either of their technical abilities i just don't think that the storyline was built properly you know because at least you have some kind of heat with Becky and Bianca from SummerSlam, and you had this slow burn all the way back to WrestleMania. I don't know. I just it missed for me. What did you think about Charlotte and uh, and and Ronda? I uh, wasn't too disappointed because I didn't go into it with any high expectations. Mm, okay. Um, you know, when you don't expect much from it, 
then you're just like, oh, it was what it was. Yeah. Which really didn't take away from the show. Um, that, 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 the show being that good, it, it, it really didn't take away from the show because it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Right. It was there. And uh, that's not a knock on the performers, but, you know, just the story of, you know, yeah, Rhonda seems a little bit ho-hum. Just like, ho-hum. You know, when she yeah. came in the WWE first time, she was like full of fucking fire. You know, hey, I'm doing something new. I'm doing something exciting. Now, you know, she's come back and it's just like, ho-hum. I'm, I'm back in wrestling. Ho-hum. I'm, I'm at the Royal Rumble. Ho-hum. I'm working out and, you know, doing the, uh, ho-hum. I'm going to rip your arm off. Ho-hum. I'm going to WrestleMania. There's like no fire, you know, it, it didn't feel, it felt like there was like no spark, no fire. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It really felt like there was nothing. It didn't feel like there was anything there that made it exciting for me, especially for her. And I think that's probably, that's the issue because I feel like Charlotte carried a lot of that feud. You know, it felt like she carried a ton of that uh, leverage and coverage. Um, for somebody who's supposed to be rowdy. Yeah, you know she has Rowdy in her name. Yeah, yeah, it was it was Rowdy the less. Pol- yeah, it's the the polar opposite <laughs> of Rod Rowdy. The Pod Squad is a buzz right now. We're talking yes. about night one, so I, I I would be remiss not to mention uh, any of this stuff. Um, little Jimmy said the biggest pops of the night were for Cody Rhodes, Undertaker, and Steve Austin. Um, yeah. The uh, the the skull crushing finale for uh, from the Miz to Logan Paul, he said, also was uh, was pretty solid as well. And Vanessa's mentioning about how happy she is for Kevin Owens having that dream match. Absolutely, I mean that's just that's just I, I agree with Meany's assessment. I don't think there was anybody else who could have gone on after Stone Cold. I know there was some commentary and chatter online from the um, the peripheral peripheral wrestling media uh <laughs> who uh who mentioned some things that ronda rousey had said which i don't believe she said uh she came out and gave a statement about it uh but night one was fucking fantastic man uh night two let's get into that real fast obviously i mean we could talk about cody rhodes all day but i mean it was yeah. a 21 minute match that was fucking fantastic gave me everything i wanted um and the moment itself watching him come up from out of the stage and i mean watch him was, do, w- watching him do the cartwheel and the uh and the stardust Oh man! As as like a farewell to Stardust, yeah, uh, you know moment. Uh, I watched an interview with him, and he said uh, one of his not demands, but things he asked for. He's like, no mention ever of Stardust. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, and then I go out in the ring, I do the cartwheel in the face. I was like, I broke my own uh, broke my own rule there. But <laughs> well, I read that he had um, what was it? Bruce and Vince had come down to see him in um, in. Jacksonville, they flew down to talk to him about coming back, and he basically said, "I don't want to. I don't want to change anything." He's like, "If you're going to get this, essentially, was like, if you're going to take me, you're going to take me what I'm doing now, the song, the gear, the gimmick, the whole nine. And then yeah. said, "Well, it's not broke. That's what we're buying." And to hear that, I'm sure is just incredibly validating for somebody like Cody Rhodes because it's like here he is struggling with this identity and who he is, and you know what I mean. It's just like it's it's unbelievable. And he went out and fucking did it, man. And he came back and it paid off in dividends for him. And he finally had his WrestleMania moment. And we're going to talk about more of that in a second with Cody Rose. But go ahead. What were you going to say? And, that, and that's the beauty of the ride, you know, that, you know, people's careers take, you know. He's been doing it, what, 16 years? Yeah. You know, 
uh, you know, I think back to, you know, my trainer, Al Snow, and he wrestled for 13 years before anybody realized who he was. And then, you know, you know, he gets the, you know, the chance with ECW and Smoky Mountain where he's just wearing the, uh, you know, the blue tights and the black and white boots and he's the best, you know, technical wrestler and he's the best kept secret in pro wrestling. And he's like, eventually he wants somebody to tell the secret. But, uh, but then he has a story arc where he, you know, goes to WWE, he goes to WWE, they send him back to ECW. That's where he finds himself. Yep. It took Al Snow going to ECW to realize, you know, uh, the, the head character and, and kind of reinvented himself to where, you know, WWE brought him back and it was to the moon. You know, he became a tag champ. He became, uh, you know, European champion, you know, job squad, all this other stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go away. Sometimes you have to go away to find yourself and, and come back. You know, when uh, WWE released me after WrestleMania 15, Jim Ross said, hey, uh, go away, uh, put on a new coat of paint, and come back, and we'll see what... You know, he's saying, you know, figure out something to freshen yourself up and come back. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually they sent me to Memphis to try to do that, but, you know, that's another story. Uh, but, you know, with Cody, you know, sometimes you have to go away to come back. And it, this goes back to a, a quote from Al. Now, uh, Al did a shoot interview with uh, Hannibal, and if it's on YouTube. It says, you know, uh, Al Snow on WWE, on Cody's WWE release. And in that video, Al says, there's nothing wrong with leaving because you can always go back. Yeah. And that's why I've been saying his whole time in AEW, he can he could go back. He's probably one of the few people who can, like, you know, go back, go back, you know. And uh, you know, reinvent himself. So yeah, this it's that's the beauty of us. Uh, now there's beauty in storyline arcs, and there's beauty in character arcs. And you know, this is, his character arc has been fantastic. You know, he has different stages. He has different uh, chapters. He has different looks. You know, uh, I still pop for you know mustache Cody. You know. <laughs> Why they didn't do more with mustache? I, like I was legit hot when he shaved his mustache off. I was like, I was like, you're killing your gimmick. But <laughs> I, little did I know he would go on to uh, start a revolution. Yeah. But um, and that's not to say, and that's not because I didn't have the faith. I didn't have his vision that he had, yeah, for himself. Uh, and that's the beauty of pro wrestling. You don't realize the vision people have of themselves until they present it to you. And he's presented a really good uh, career arc. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Night two. Let's go to the top here. Obviously, your boy, Matt Riddle, retained his yeah. title as well. Yeah. Um, I love Matt. Uh, I love him and Randy. Uh, it was nice. I watched Randy Orton on Pat McAfee. And he talked about his love for Matt. And like how, you know, he didn't get mad at first, but, you know, once he got to know Matt, he loves Matt. And that's Matt, you know. And, uh, you know, that's why I kind of have to tune certain people out because they don't, you know, they, they see his they see him and his character, but his character is him. 
He's just a lovable guy, you know, hard to rattle, uh, you know, hard to piss off. You know, there's definitely times I've seen him where I was like, man, this guy can easily just go off and just be angry. And he's just like, whatever, dude, <laughs> you know, just whatever, bro. But yeah, I'm so happy for him. Um, that, you know, he's, you know, again, tag team champion with Randy. I'm glad they, they, they haven't shotgunned this, you know, relationship. The relationship's been going on for a good while now. It's not like, you know, when they throw two singles guys together for a little bit as a tag team and then one turns on the other and this, that, and the other thing, and it's just like wash, rinse, repeat. They're, they're like a legit tag team. RK, bro, they, they got the remix theme that actually works. I hate when they, you know, fade in and out of each other's themes. They, they actually did, like, a theme that kind of works, you know, yeah. works both their gimmicks and uh, one snake's got a hat on it. It's fucking great. But, uh, yeah, great match. Um, and uh, I'm glad they got to, uh, to keep the belts. <clears throat> that says Montez Ford needs a slammy. Or his facial expression right before Riddle jumped up to hit the uh, springboard RKO. That was the best. Yeah. I, I think I even tweeted it out. I like it's subtle things that I pop for, you know, and uh, when he did that, fucking chef's kiss, man. <laughs> you know, but speaking it was a great match. Great, great teams, great match. Uh, so hold on. It was uh, RK Bro. Street Profits and Alpha? Alpha Academy, yep. Love Alpha Academy. I uh, love the shoosh gimmick. Uh, <laughs> that is, what movie is that from? Remind me, because I'm having a hard time remembering what movie, because it's from it's from an 80s movie where the guy goes, shoosh! I don't know. Is it Son-in-Law? With Pauly Shore? It could be. I, I didn't see that movie, so... Oh, somebody in the pod squad helped me because I can hear it. And when I heard it when he did it, I went, oh, my God. I remember that. I remember hearing this as a kid, and it, it's some guy who's fucking obnoxious, and he says, shush, it's a whole thing. I'll have to look it but, up. But, dude, I love Otis. I love what Otis has become. Uh, Otis is the new Vader. Yeah. I mean, and, and if they decide to, you know, eventually, you know, I like the Alpha Academy. I'm always a big fan of, like, varsity club type gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been I've been dying for the perfect, and the, the closest to the perfect uh, varsity club gimmick was, you know, Team Angle. That was yeah. fucking. Yeah, dude. And I, I think that was short-lived, too, which was fucking disappointing because they were, they were fucking perfect. You know, that, that talk about putting a faction together that looked the part and played the part. And they could have been gone on forever. Yep. And they, 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 that, you know, Team Angle could have went into the Hall of Fame as a faction. But they, uh, they dropped the ball for the longevity part of it. But Alpha Academy, you got two fucking shooters in there and, uh, you know, two tough guys and they're legit. And, uh, I love what Otis has become. He, you know, he could have easily stuck to being Chris Farley. You know, uh, but again, you morph, you you change, you take a right, you step a left, and you become what he's become now. And dude, if they decide to give him a singles push, he could be their 
one of their monsters. Homegrown, he could be a homegrown Vader. You know, uh, a WWE homegrown style Vader type character. Uh, as a follow up, Encino Man is the movie that that came from. Pauly Shore. <laughs> okay. I knew it was a Pauly Shore movie. Uh, okay. But it was Encino Man. Thank you, Camerata, for the assist on that one. Uh, and to go back to Otis, yes, I absolutely agree. He could be one of the biggest, one of the best big guys in the business right now. Uh, yeah. I think as long as they let this Alpha Academy thing That's breathe, I feel like I felt like Heavy Machinery had a uh, had a timestamp on it, you know. And I feel like just Vince, a, just a name, just a yeah, name. and you know the gimmick and stuff could have worked, I guess, long term. But once they threw that money in the bank briefcase on him, I feel well. Let me put it this way: if they had put the money in the bank briefcase on Otis now, as Alpha Academy instead of Heavy Machinery. I don't think people would have had as such as a, a as such a visceral reaction to that win as they did when he won it in 2021. Um, but I definitely think that he is on well on track to be one of the best in that company right now, as long as they play their cards right, as long as they do it correctly. But as far as pops, as far as pops, meaning, let me tell you something. I have had not had as much fun, as much laughter. As I did watching, which arguably was match number two of the night for me. And there were a lot okay. of great fucking matches on this card. There were. There were. A lot of great matches. But the match number two for me, just strictly on entertainment value, was Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. And fuck anyone that says any different. Because that <laughs> match was fucking brilliant. Everything I wanted. Meaning, I'm going to give you the floor. What did you think about Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn? At WrestleMania 38. Uh, I mean, before I get in, I loved it. Of course, I loved it. Uh, talk about a polarizing match. I, I, you know what drives me nuts? People who watch WWE, they've been watching WWE for years, and they get mad that WWE does WWE things. It's like, what the fuck were you expecting? You went to the ballet and heard Swan Lake, and you got you saw you know heard you know a piece of music they always played the fucking ballet, and I can't believe they played that. It's just I jumped in the pool and the water was wet, right. dude. You you're watching WWE. Some people I think some people get mad just for the fact that they owe it to themselves to be mad about WWE. Yes. It, why do you watch WWE knowing you're going to hate WWE? Well, for some Go people. Fuck. For some people, go, it's go their income stream. Yeah, go fuck yourself. You know, just, you know, just don't know. You've painted yourself in this fucking corner where you want to be a fucking expert, you know? just Yeah. Yeah, much it, like the tweet that I let out on Saturday night after that whole fucking thing. <laughs> I, enjoyed, yeah. I, I enjoyed myself fucking thoroughly, or Sunday night, rather, watching Sami Zayn get his ass kicked by Johnny Knoxville and the Jackass crew. I was uh, you, thoroughly sports entertained. You mean the co- you know the company that had Uncle Elmer get married on live TV, uh, you know this that and the other thing. You know people are still mad about Katie Vick, whatever. Uh, you know people just complain to complain. This yeah. match, what it was, what it was. And if you ever watched Jackass, it was the meeting of two worlds, and it was mutually beneficial for a WWE and you know B. Jackass. If you didn't know what Jackass was, you know what it is now. And if you're a Jackass fan watching WWE to see what the Jackass guys are doing, but you never really watched WWE, 
now you might watch WWE. So both franchises, WWE and Jackass, potentially gain new followers by, you know, doing the cross promotion, sucking in the casual fan, and hopefully some WWE fans latch onto the Jackass product. Hopefully some w, uh, Jackass fans latch onto the WWE product. It's the chocolate and the fucking peanut butter and the Reese cup. It was perfect. Uh, shout out to Shane Helms, who was the uh, agent on that match. Um, it was great. Uh, I, I keep thinking back to, the, I've been thinking of this match a couple times. And I wish I could have fucking somehow called a spot for Wee Man. Because <laughs> there, there's a spot I've seen. Uh, not that I'm calling uh, Bill Dundee a little person, but any uh, means necessary. But there's a spot where Bill Dundee used to do. Did, Bill Dundee did a spot with uh, Jerry Lawler where he would just run and clip out uh, Lawler's legs, and Lawler would just fly through the air. I was hoping they would do the spot where Wee Man just runs at Sami Zayn. Runs out his legs, and Zane would take a huge backdrop bump. It's it's like a it's one of the coolest looking fucking spots, but nobody really does it anymore. And uh, I wish they could have brought that back for Wee Man and Zane, but it, it was what it was, man. It was it was double dare. It was wipeout. Yeah. It was jackass. You know, it was perfect for what it was, and the attention it got. Uh, mission accomplished because, you know, memes came out of this match between uh, Mark Henry and Mae Young's baby <laughs> making an appearance. <laughs> the giant mouse trap uh, to uh, Johnny Knoxville uh, MacGyvering the mouse trap on the fly when it didn't uh, go off as planned. You know, he 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 made it work. Yeah. He he made it work you know, to the giant, you know, leg with the dick kick, you know. It, mission accomplished with uh, everything that match was supposed to do from a entertain. Yeah. You know, people can sit at home and watch on Peacock when they're pay, only paying what? 10 bucks a month, seven bucks, whatever. I forgot what it was. I pay up front for the year. I forget what they charge it for the month, but uh, you know, it's easy to sit back in on the comfort of your couch and be like, Oh, this sucks. Yeah. But, Look at the crowd watching live in person. Yes. The people reacted. The people were popping. The people were laughing. Not in a bad way. Not in a mocking way either because there are spots playing, you know, with the giant fucking hand. I mean, come yeah. on. The, 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 they were the watching. Yeah. I mean, they were literally watching a live episode of Jackass at WrestleMania. Yeah. 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 I thought of Al Snow with the fire extinguisher because of the old <laughs> hardcore title. It was basically a hardcore match. Yeah. Just just on acid. I loved it, and I'll tell you why. And I, this is another reason what, where, where my mind goes to, and I know we've talked about this, but <coughs> the match that my kids wanted to see most, obviously they love Roman Reigns, they love the storyline, they like Brock. Yeah. Um, Bork Laser, as one of my kids calls it. <laughs> um, they, love the, they love and acknowledge their tribal chief. They're big fans of Pat McAfee. Um, yeah. Johnny Knoxville was the one that they wanted to watch and they wanted to see him beat the shit out of Sami Zayn. And there's your answer right there. Yeah. And you know who I'm talking to right now, Meanie? Dave 
there's your answer, Dave. That's why people like this match. That's why people enjoyed watching this. I don't agree with a lot of what Brian Alvarez says, but I thought he was on the money when he was like, this is great. This is fantastic fun. That's what he, that's the whole point of the match was it was supposed to be fun. It's not going to be yeah. a 10-star classic in the fucking Tokyo Dome. That's not right. what this match was. This match was you know, just a fun fucking like bullshit event for guys like us who love jackass and love wrestling and want to see Wee Man body slam somebody. That's exactly what this was. And it literally did exactly what it was supposed to do. Twitter was on fire the whole time yeah. this match was happening. People love this stuff. These guys are yeah. loved. They're 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 like renownedly <laughs> loved because they yeah. punch each other in the balls. I just they don't take themselves serious, you know. No, and it, to, like that's the thing is like you notice that there's one guy. There's a very small segment of people who hated this, who thought it was the dumbest fucking thing in the world, and the entire rest of the world is like, no man, that's crazy. Like this, it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. I've watched that match probably three times already, like because it was so it was so much fun to watch. Dave Meltzer is allergic to fun. Apparently, um, dude. Apparently. Dude, you want to speak fucking, you want to talk about irony? The fact that he's, the quote from Dave Meltzer, I was so embarrassed I watched this match with other people. <laughs> did did they watch it in your fucking filth office? Yeah. Dave. Room full of shit, Dave? Uh, did they watch it something. in your, Dave, did they watch it in your Tinder box? First of all, if anyone Don't should be embarrassed your, about anything, it's that fucking office of yours, pal. Don't light a fart in Dave Meltzer's office. You'll fucking cause. You'll be charged with arson. But this is also the same guy who fucking got so hyped up and and excited about the Ghostbusters shit that they did at AEW a couple months back. With the and look, Wh I'm not, which which I loved by the way. I'm not shitting I, on that either. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, like you definitely should try not to take yourself too seriously all the time. But like, bro, if you're gonna fucking be excited about this shit, you're gonna be like, oh, it's so much fun, and then you're gonna shit all over Knoxville. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just, again, I'm not using this platform to shit on Melter. I know that's not the point of the show, but, like, it's so frustrating to see somebody take himself so fucking seriously when it's like, dude, like, this is not Okada and Omega in the fucking Tokyo Dome, you know, a 97-hour classic that you can fucking, like, I don't know, in like, give 10 stars to. That's not what this is, man. And it's not just for but, guys but, like you. And there's nothing wrong with Omega Okada, but no, you can't no, have no. a whole shit. But, but, but you can't have a whole show of just that match. Right, right. You, ne you need different flip. It's got to be like a buffet. Right. There's got to be a little bit for everybody. You know, you might not like, you know, the frog legs, but you love the chicken wings or, you know, or the crab legs. Yeah, just a show, a perfect wrestling show has a little bit for everybody, you know. And it, WWE did an amazing job. And that's why you had a 24-minute edge in AJ Styles match, and you got your fucking Tokyo Dome Classic with that match. But yeah, I'm sorry, Meanie. I got a little uh, flustered, but I, you know, self-care is important, like we talked about. Uh, and I blocked yeah. him. I blocked him on on Twitter because it needed to happen. Because now I can live a Dave-free life on my feed. But um, the Mr. McMahon thing. Before I guess we go into Ask Meanie, I wanted to talk <laughs> a little bit about that. I know that there was reports about that. I don't remember if it was Fightful or. Uh, I don't remember who it was that reported first that Mr. McMahon was potentially going to be in a, in a match at WrestleMania. Boy, I did not see that one coming, even though I kind of knew about it. 
What were your thoughts? I know there was a lot of talk about the stunner too. So let's give you let's get <laughs> let's get Blue Mini's analysis on the Mr. McMahon match. Look, first of all, Pat Mc, Pat McAfee knocked it out of the fucking park with Austin Theory. Had an amazing match, uh, amazing entrance. He knew what he was doing with the Stadium Rock song coming out. You know, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, big time. It's weird seeing him with the Cowboys cheerleaders, you know, since he's a Colts player. But, uh, you know, let that slide. Suspend reality. Yes. He uh, had the WrestleMania tank top, a little sparkly, you know. Bedazzled. Pretty cool. You know, for people not familiar with Pat McAfee, he wears black tank tops every day. So to to have a bedazzled one was, 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 (laughs) it popped me. I was like, oh, he's got his WrestleMania tank top. Um, excellent match excellent match my one critique and like I said there's really not much to fucking critique Austin I mean uh, Pat McAfee beats Austin Theory here's what here's what I wish would have happened McMahon admonishes Austin Theory on the outside while Pat McAfee celebrates right yeah Pet, uh, you know, uh, uh, Vince is on the outside, just paintbrushing him. Just like, how dare you? Uh, you, you've embarrassed me, huh? So he, uh, so he, you know, Vince comes in the ring, goes up the steps, you know, extends a hand to Pat McAfee, like, job well done, pal. You know, because he he was on Pat McAfee's show, he offered mm-hmm. him the match, you know. You passed the test. And he puts his arms out like a proud papa and gives Pat, you know, Pat and Vince have this hug and the crowd give a little pop like, yeah, Vince has turned on theory. And then Vince just knees him right in the fucking nuts. Yep. Just, just real rails back and boom. Hits fucking McAfee right in the fucking coin purse. And then uh, (laughs) theory slides in Vince and theory, you know, Vince tells him, Bring him up. Vince has theory. Hold Pat McAfee. Gives him a paintbrush. 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 You know, maybe theory throws, you know, theory turns around, hits him with something. Down. Pat McAfee's down. Vince gets the mic. Ah. It was, I had you fooled or whatever, this, that, and the other thing. He puts his arm around Austin Theory and says, You know, it's refreshing. To have a WrestleMania with an Austin I actually like. Man. Glass breaks. Boom, 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 boom. Here comes fucking, here comes fucking Steve Austin. Uh, Austin, I mean, Vince and Theory are side by side like, like DX, like, what? You know, Austin comes in the ring, stares him down. He goes to take a step towards him. Vince shoves Theory and takes a step back like the Three Stooges. I'm not the, uh, <laughs> like the like the little rascals used to do yep. when they we just push one push the one kid forward and they all take a step back. Who's volunteers? Me or him? You know. <laughs> so Vince pushes Theory forward, takes a step back to avoid the heat. Steve kicks him. Stunner. Boom. Right. Austin gets back up, stares at Vince like a bull just waiting to fucking charge. He goes, and Vince grabs the mic and goes, 
No, Austin. I didn't mean, I didn't mean I enjoyed Austin Theory. It was you, Austin. It was you all along. <laughs> A call back to the higher power yep. where it was it's me, me Austin. Austin. It's, it's me, Austin. Me. But if you go, it was you, Austin. It was you all along. The crowd would have picked up on that and definitely fucking popped. That's crazy. You know? And then he was like, and Austin could have suckered him and be like, oh, I, I, I totally misunderstood you. You know what? Let's have a beer. There you go. And then he calls in for the beers and they could do that, done that beer spot where, and fucking shout out to Vince for fucking taking the, the, taking the little sip and going, little mm. tiny, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like good. Could, that's just good shit. And then they they could have done the the kick, the the botch stunner, and uh, that would have been amazing. But um, <laughs> that's how I would have booked it. But it kind of went a little long. It was a little yeah. drawn out, a little uncomfortable. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I wish they could have done that instead. But uh, you know, <laughs> here here's my theory. No pun intended. Steve went to kick for Steve went for the kick on Vince, and Vince was so focused. Don't fuck up! Don't fuck up! Yeah. Don't fuck up! That he fucked up, and took a knee. You know, just like, and, and you know, when Steve kicks with those stunners, he he brings it. You know, just yeah. Ask uh, ask what's his face's dick uh, that he kicked in the <laughs> le- Byron Saxon's dick. He just fucking kicked him. Okay, man. <clears throat> My favorite part of the fucking bot stunner. He hits the stunner, and Steve's just laughing. Yeah. He just, if you watch Steve get on, if you're watching the ring, left corner, Steve gives up to do the fucking self-toast. He goes, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> if you read his lips, he goes, yeah. motherfucker. Something, nah, you know. That was fucking, fucking great, man. Fucking beautiful. He's got to roll with it, dude. And remember, too, like we talk about also, it's like Vince McMahon's 76 years old. Something was bound to happen, man. He something was bound to just trip up, and I there's was, a way he could have done it, and just yeah, it, it, you know, you you could still kind of have him take off the shirt and all that stuff, but you know, just to give the the, the crowd, you know, the nostalgia. Dude, the crowd was popping for him threatening yeah. to take off his jacket. Yeah, yeah, he, he had that crowd. He had that crowd right in his hand, man. Not a chance they would have listened to the fucking crowd. <laughs> Oh fuck! Well, I it sounds like we both had the same thoughts and theories on WrestleMania 38. Again, no pun intended. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. Shout out to shout, shout out to the other matches. Shout yeah. out to AJ and uh, Edge. Shout out to Damian Priest, uh, another one of my proteges who uh, is aligning with Edge, and hopefully. Yeah. Uh, my hopes is they add Rhea Ripley to the uh, the fold. She's got she's another one of those dark characters mm-hmm. that they could add to the fold. Uh, and they kind of teased it with her the next night, you know, leaving Liv Morgan in the ring. So hopefully, you know, they they get that little bit of an alliance going. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, add Tommaso Ciampa. You know, he's a he's a black heart. You know, yeah. just they could build a nice little stable there. A nice dark group there. Absolutely. I agree. Hey, hey. Fucking Edge was in the brood and Ministry of Darkness. Just uh, saying. He, Just saying. He has roots in this shit. Would have been dope, man. Meanie, speaking of the crowd. What are you on, dope? 
Would you like to ask me any? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget to tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie using the hashtag Ask Meanie, and we'll be happy to ask it on the show. We got time for a couple of questions today. You got some liquid death there, it looks like. Majestic. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I'm the only one who brought a seltzer this week, but you uh, are. I've been a little tied up with baby things, so I have my coffee cup. Which it's is, forgivable. Uh, oh, we yeah yeah we both have our our coffee, our coffee uh, seltzer, a little liquid death. Uh, what is it? Oh, it's just a regular sparkling water. Some my my favorite liquid death is uh, bury them all. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, on the count of on the count of three, three, two, two one. one. Nice couldn't and quite, refreshing. Couldn't quite see him in it because I clipped my nails this week. So. <laughs> We're gonna start with the first question from Mark and Dryden. Hey, fellas, who's on your guys' yeah. Mount Rushmore of second generation wrestlers? Good question. Excellent question. Uh, and this isn't a shot at Mark, but I fucking hate Mount Rushmore's. But um, <laughs> Mount Rushmore's fantasy booking. But um, Mount Rushmore. Because, you know, I hate people go, what's your Mount Rushmore favorite wrestlers ever? It's like there's so many. Right. You know? yeah, are we talking technical? Are we talking fun? Are we talking, you know, gimmick? You know, everybody does about Rushmore, but they don't add Gorgeous George, who was like the pioneer of right. all this. He was the first TV wrestling star, you know. <clears throat> but people go with what's current. Uh, Mount Rushmore of second generation wrestlers. Man, that's a that that is a great question. I know I went off a little sidebar there, but. Um, I think it's more directed at the fantasy booking question though than the Mount Rushmore because Mount Rushmore I feel like we could do a little bit better than fantasy yeah, booking, yeah. you know. One that doesn't get talked about at all, uh, David Von Erich. Yes, he uh, was slated to be a future NWA World Champion before his untimely demise. Yeah. Um, by all accounts, he was the man. You know, Harley Race. You know. You know, when Harley Race sings your praises, you know, that that's high praise. You know, Harley doesn't mince his fucking words. If you're the shits, you're the shits. Uh, so, yeah, Dev, David Von Eric has to be on there. Um, and the reason why he doesn't, you know, get talked about as much is because he, he passed away at such a young age, but could have been. Yeah. I have to put him on a Mount Rushmore. You know? Um. Number two, definitely uh, Randy Orton. Uh, hold on, is this second generation? Because technically Randy's third generation. I was just going to say, I think he's a third. But Okay, so uh, if he's disqualified for being third, um, Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns. He's second son of Sika. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... Probably one of the best workers in the business right now. Him and Randy, yeah, are yeah. fucking amazing. Uh, Randy does th things with such ease. I know he's third generation, but I still guys still guys still got sing his praises. But him and Roman, good good God. Um, I guess would the Rock be third generation too? Because of his grandfather, yeah. right? Yeah, Ro so he's Rock's out. third. So Man, this is know, a good question. Mark and Dryden. It's, it, it's tricky. 
in the words of Run DMC. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm, I don't see. know, man. He's Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Charlotte's, you know, done amazing things. It's hard to live up to the name Flair. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, David tried. God bless him. Uh, David Flair was great. Great, 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 great guy. Um, and unfortunately, Reed, you know, tried. God rest his soul. But, you know, Charlotte's hit it out of the fucking park, you know. You know, she's as good, if not, and she still has so much more time to go. Yeah. You know? the, the, the one thing that that's a hindrance to Flair's career is that he wasn't on national TV his whole run. He was working territories. Yeah. He only got to national TV maybe the 90s, yeah. 2000s, you know. If he had been on national TV. Well, I mean, he was on national TV with TBS. But we're talking about, yeah. Right. But on this fucking stage, yeah. she's been on this stage her entire career in the WWE system and has surpassed all expectations. Whatever her uh, expectations were, she put her fucking heel on it and smashed it into the ground because she smashed all expectations. So, so far we have David Von Erich, uh, Roman Reigns, Charlotte uh, Flair. Charlotte Flair. I guess Cody? Now I'm thinking, now, now I'm trying to think Roman Reigns. Is he third generation? Because he's supposed to be lineage with Peter Maivia, but I don't think they're technically blood related. They're not. So Peter Maivia isn't even blood related. I actually just learned this the other day. Peter, Ma Peter Maivia is actually what's called a blood brother with the Anawais. So there's a, there's a connection there somewhere, but they're not technically related by blood. Not the way that like Rock is related to Maivia, so gotcha, gotcha. Roman so, Reigns so he's, in that he, conversation, yeah. Roman, Roman, and then definitely Cody, yeah. Cody, um, yeah, because I'm, I just spent a good couple minutes talking about his arc, yeah, and uh, you know what? Shout out to Cody too because he finally admitted in public he kind of had a moment where he's like, you know, I've been trying to run for my dad's name for so long because that's such a name to live up to yeah it's a lot of pressure man yeah especially for dusty i can't even imagine i mean i'm sure it's bad with rick flair but jesus christ dusty Rhodes. shit you could say dustin too yeah yeah, yeah. dustin had, a, had dustin's had an amazing career and he looks just as good now as he did back in the day absolutely yeah dustin goes back to the 80s and he started wrestling 87 88 and he's still going? Yeah. And he still looks amazing? And then that's, again, this is why I hate Mount Rushmore's because you're limited to four. Yep. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's not a hate, but it's just like, man, you really pigeonholed him in here. Right. Uh, shit, I might have to fucking bump Cody for Dustin now that I said Dustin. Just based on longevity, I would say for, so. For yeah. tenure. For yeah. tenure. But that doesn't mean Cody can't, you know, come along. You know, uh, yeah, Dustin, yeah, Dustin's had an, uh, a career arc that, you know, he's been counting out many times, but he stared it in the face and persevered, yep. you know. Yeah, I would have to say Dustin. Matt from Dover wants to know, next week, 
April 13th is the 25th anniversary of ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal. Any fun stories about that day? He also gives me the <coughs> breakdown about you were in Stevie's corner for the triple threat match with Terry Funk, the Sandman, and Stevie. The winner fought Raven for the title, and that's when Terry won with that video of him covered in blood in the crowd holding the title. Any fun stories from Barely Legal? Just uh, a whole weekend. Well, the... the there's the story of how, you know, the, the lead up to it where, you know, we're initially going to have a, a pay-per-view and then mass transit happened and pay-per-view got canceled. So they promised, they said uh, they announced another pay-per-view, you know, in wrestling, everything's written in pencil. You know, that's why they say it's the Booker's pencil because it's got an eraser on it, you know? Right. So you, you really weren't sure until you got to the building, you know, uh, even the night before when we we're at the uh, Terry Funk banquet. You know, you know, people were nervous just because, you know, we're so, you know, A, it's live TV. And I, we got a taste of live TV with doing Monday Night Raw leading up to it to promote it, right? But, you know, we had to stick time cues. We had to do this, that, and the other thing. But uh, fun stories. Uh, just um, showing up to the building that day and, oh, my God, they painted the floor. It's, oh, wow, it's it's clean in here. Oh my God, we have a, a professional lighting rig. Um, as far as, you know, my part of the show, just the fact that, you know, they're running late on time. And uh, Todd Gordon was running around ringside. If you watch Barely Legal back during uh, the three way, you know, I'm at ringside and Todd Gordon, you know, scurries, you know, in front of the camera and comes around and goes, tell him to take it home. We're running out of time. And, uh, you know, I'm looking over at uh, Rocco, the timekeeper, uh, who's brothers with Bob Ortiz. And he's fucking, you know, and wrestling, you know, back, you know, before refs had earpieces, the the uh, guy at ringside would put either put a pencil in his mouth, pen in his mouth, or, you know, wiggle his tie to, you know, hey, take, time to take it home, you know. Oh, put, no put shit. Timekeeper would put a pencil in his mouth, you know, just sit there. At the, so if the ref looked over, and go, okay, okay, time time to take it home. He had that fucking pencil in his mouth for a while. Oh, jeez. And then, and then fucking Todd's telling me to tell me, and I'm leaning into the ref, you know, home, 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 take it home, you know? And eventually they took it home, and then uh, once Stevie got, you know, pinned, we went to the back and all that and the other thing. And uh, the, the pay-per-view goes off air, and uh, the power went out. Oh my god! And you know, with thirty seconds left, you know, x amount of time left for satellite time. One, two, three. We meet. We made the satellite time. Then the power in the building goes out. Jesus Christ! Because all the you know power took to generate. Fried it. If if, if you would have scripted that in the movie, people would say, "Oh, that's just corny. That's just." But then this be in the locker room, and I'm standing there, and we're all just like, oh, my God. And then there's Joey Styles just walks in the locker room and just not has a meltdown, but starts crying, like has a has a moment. Yeah. Like, like he did it. Like he stood there. Joey Styles starts crying. He, you know, takes his glasses off, starts wiping his eyes. And we all just kind of, you know, give him a round of applause and we go over there and, you know, give him a little hug. That's like, hey, man, you know. And it was like a we did it yeah. moment. 
you know, and I, I watched, you know, Terry get, you know, cleaned up. I watched everybody get cleaned up and just, uh, holy shit. And then, uh, the, the one moment nobody got to see Paul goes, powers out, you know, the emergency lights are on, you know, you know, the backup, you know, like when, you know, there's a power outage and they have those, you know, lights that come on. Yep. You know, uh, you know, we still had those in the building. So Paul goes out and addresses the crowd and there's no microphone because there's no electricity. And Paul addresses the crowd just talking. And everybody in the room is just fucking silent and listening to Paul talk. And if I had a time machine, I would go over and give 7-Eleven, a.k.a. Rob Feinstein, who his gimmick was X-Pac with their, you know, with the video camera. You know, and the, oh, you know X-Pac yeah, yeah. had that. Yeah. He has a video camera. I would have said, Rob, go record this right now. But then again, it's such a special moment. I'm glad only the people in, in the house got to see it. You yeah. know, you know, if you were there, you got to see it. It was something nobody else will ever be able to say they got to see it. You know, the, you know, yeah. him just standing there. It was like, it was like theater. Yeah. You now when somebody, when a, somebody goes out and does to be or not to be, and you know, the, 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 the acoustics in the room are so good. They, they get to speak without needing a mic. He was just out there talking, thanking the people. And, you know, nowadays somebody would be going, what, what? But no, Paul was out there having a conversation with however many, you know, 2,000 people, which I'm sure we broke a fire code. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and they just listened. So, you know, that, that it was a special night, special moment. Um, you know, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley said it the best. There's two types of people in the wrestling business. People who wish they wrestled in ECW and then there's people who really wish they fucking wrestled in ECW. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's I'm, I'm proud that it's something I could take with me the rest of my life. Yeah. It's a, it's a badge yeah. of honor. It is because, you know, they didn't just like, you know, uh, pop, you know, you know, uh, contrary to popular belief, they didn't just like anybody in ECW. Right. You know, a, you had to get over and B. Not only with the crowd, but with the boys. And if the boys didn't like you, you didn't stick around. Right. And I saw plenty of that. Like, yeah, yeah, you're done. Get the fuck out of here. If you couldn't mesh with that locker room, you were you were done. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. The, it must have been just a lot of crazy. a lot of self. Yeah, a lot of self policing. Yeah. Well, Meanie, thank you as always for taking the time to answer the questions this week yeah. from the community. Where can they find? Where can everybody find you on your social media? Down on the street. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, if you want to find the blue guy, you can go to, uh, you can find me on all forms of social media at on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which I haven't figured out at blue meanie BWO. Uh, you can also go to proslingtees.com slash blue meanie. Uh, if you want to support Mind of the Meanie, uh, right now, go to proslingtees.com slash Mind of the Meanie, where we just uploaded some really cool shirts, uh, which are really cool. I just uploaded a really cool shirt to proslingtees.com slash Blue Meanie, 
which is uh, very Philly centric. So I'll probably sell them to people in the Philly area, but go to, go to pro wrestling tees.com slash mind of the meanie. Uh, we just put up some very show specific shirts that are really fucking cool. Shout out to Andy Slichter. Slichter. Uh, Slichter. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to support the meanie, go to cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO. Uh, I could do every kind of shout out you want. Just don't be mean. Uh, go to madcatbeardcare.com. If you want to look good and smell good, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself some blue spruce. Uh, we got the uh, gels and the drops, and we got they got beard combs. And all the money goes to uh, a worldwide worthwhile cause, which is the kitty cats. Um, and uh, where can we find you, Mr. Bernard? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on my socials at Twitter and Instagram at this is Goober. Uh, yes, that's my name. It is a brand, pal. Uh, you can also go ahead and pick up a shirt uh, that su- uh, supports my separate show, Foundation Radio. You can go to uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. You can also check out that show at foundationradio.net. A lot of great interviews and conversations, including with former ECW alumni Rob Van Dam as well. Uh, great stuff over there. Uh, Meanie, it is always a pleasure to be doing this show with you. Don't forget patreon.com slash Meanie. You can watch our beautiful faces record this show each and every week here early and also ad-free. Uh, I am stoked. I uh, am glad to be back. Thank you for the congratulations again on our newest addition to our family for the Blue Meanie. I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the Meanie. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.